Welcome, welcome. This week, Diceratops presents part four of our ongoing Dungeons & Dragons tale, Born to Frun. Randy and Frun have reached the Southern Moor, and the local lord is absolutely delighted because he thinks they are going to kill a dragon. Our players are Stephen Youngblood as Randy Dwarf, Jared Baker as Frun Grothild, and I'm Morgan Davy, the Dungeon Master. Let's dungeon some dragons. So it's time to rejoin Randy and Frun, Frun and Randy, on a brave adventure where they have journeyed south to the southern moor and reached the lands of Lord Fitch, who revealed that the Rangers of the Raven had been long awaited down here because they left a job unfinished some time ago, and that job was killing a dragon. So this is Diceratops Presents, and I'm here, I'm Morgan Davy, your Dungeon Master, here with uh, Jared Baker. Say hello, Jared. Hello. As Fran and as Randy, it's Stephen Youngblood. It's Stephen Youngblood. Hello. <laughs> hello. So um, I think what we're going to do is, uh, let's, let's jump ahead a little bit and join your characters in the dining hall of Lord Fitch where you are sitting at a long table with uh, all the great and good of the community. It's not that large a uh, community, so the great and good amounts to maybe 10 people, a dozen people, plus your good selves. And Lord Fitch, of course, is sitting at one end, and you are in the midpoints of either side of the long table. And, um, yeah, enjoying, enjoying some food. You're being given quite a, good, quite a good welcome feast here, and all of the talk has been very celebratory and welcoming. Uh, so, Randy, I think, let's, let's start with you, Randy. Who have you been talking to throughout this meal? Who was, who was seated alongside you? Uh, well, Randy's been um, talking to the um, chief of the local constabulary, Mm -hmm. um, the people in charge of keeping the peace in the town, um, and uh, he's he's also been um, regaling him and uh, his his what he assumes to be his wife, regaling them with his, with, with some of the adventures that they have had to date. The the, the secret to killing a griffin, you see, is actually um, just don't stop swinging. Uh, once 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 you once you hit the vital organs. Um, it, it goes down pretty quickly, but the thing not many people know about griffins uh, is that you'd, you'd you'd think they would um, you know burst into flame and re reincarnate as is the legend, but it turns out it doesn't always happen that way, um, as we found out. We keep we chickens that day. We keep chickens, says Chief Rogs. We, we keep a whole bunch of them, and I've got to tell you, those roosters they do get up in arms sometimes. Well, I think the technique might still apply um, if you just hit them enough times. I, I brought my axe. If you'd like, I can, I can, I can show you. Oh, that'd be that'd be most most exciting. Um, the wife kind of nudges him and says, "See if you can borrow the axe. See if you can borrow it." It's like, oh, just wonder if I could maybe borrow that axe. Actually, and my axe is uh, well, I think it does a fine job. But Rel is convinced that I need to upgrade at some point. <laughs> no, What's the biggest you... thing you've chopped down with that axe? Uh, well, there was a griffin, and then on top of the griffin. Uh, was me, so that doesn't count because I was on the Griffin, but that was a pretty big thing. I once slayed, um, there was a Gorgon, which was kind of fun, but she's more smaller. You see, a Gorgon's a lot smaller than a Griffin. Um, there was a there was some ghosts. I killed some skeleton ghosts once. That was a good time. Um, but again, um, they were 
if you put all of the skeletons that I killed on top of each other, they might that would have been bigger than a griffin. Um, so, Randy, as you're as you're telling your story directly across the table from you, of course, is Fran. And um, while you have you have plenty to talk about with Rogs and Rella, what what's the mood across the table? What do you see um, on Fran's side? What's happening there? Uh, well. Randy's not overly observant at the best of times of, of human emotions uh, or emotions in general, but he, he, he notices that Fran is, is, he's never been one to have the social airs and graces. He's trying, but doesn't know how he's sort of responding to questions and not probing with further information or other questions. And it, it doesn't bother Randy. It's just Fran. And he doesn't try and make it better for him. <laughs> it's just, just so observing. Fran- Fran, what um, what grievous crimes against good manners have you committed so far at this meal? Well, to be honest, it hasn't helped a great deal that they've sat me next to the town's priest, and uh, <laughs> who you know, an acolyte of a of 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 a of a temple of light, and um, believing as I do now that all all that sort of stuff is 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 nonsense. Like it's not really going down well, and I'm not particularly um, tactful about that. <laughs> I have said a couple of times, like I, you know, oh, I can't imagine why um, the Order of the Raven would have specifically forbidden me to come down here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the the um, priest that you're talking to, his name is uh, his name is Hargreaves, and um, he. <clears throat> he's a very serious chap and he nods um, and strokes his chin extendedly after, after your question and says, well, it may be that the rangers of the Raven were simply too cowardly to address the great threat that has arisen here on the Southern Moors. And he looks at you innocently. Yeah, that's probably it, to be honest, you know, like just, 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 just too cowardly, you know. Adventuring rangers, uh, they're just they're, they're known for their for their for their cowardice, I guess. Um, you know, never mind. I don't know, like a whole town full of people couldn't deal with the threat themselves. You know. Well, true courage, of course, is walking knowing that the power of the divine is on your shoulder, whispering in your ear, metaphorically, of course and mm-hmm. guiding your every step. That is the courage that I rely on. And my flock here, it has enabled us to survive this great hardship oh so many years. Well, so many others, such as the Rangers of the Raven, no offence intended, have mm-hmm. been utterly derelict in their duties and have oh, really right. failed to follow through on their promises and their potential. If only they shared the faith yeah, if, or if, if only they were they were so frightened of of if only they were so filled with existential dread that they had to make up fairy tales to comfort uh, themselves and their and their and their and their populace instead of facing uh, the reality that um, you know uh, we're all finite and mortal and uh, we'll all die some of us sooner rather than later. Oh, you speak utter nonsense, my friend. Utter nonsense at all. Your your mind must be very stunted. That's true. It is. Well, what I suggest is that you come and spend some time with me this evening, and I will introduce you to some 
texts and knowledge that I'm sure will open your eyes to the correct way of seeing the world? I spent the, the last 10 years uh, living in a monastery. Um, quite a lot of reading material there. Um, look, I'm most, mostly, mostly fine. I think I've, I've embraced a philosophy of, of uh, let's say, learning by doing rather than, by, than, than through study. Um, and uh, that's, you know, it's, it's serving us well so far. Here we are. And I've, I've probably found out more uh, about what, what, my, um, what my father, who I believe came down here at some stage, uh, has been, uh, was, was up to in the last sort of, I don't know, 12 months than I, than I had in, um, in you know, the previous 30-something years. So here we are. Well, that's a very interesting journey you must have been on. Mm-hmm. Was your father a man of belief? You know what? I, I am not that certain. I know he was a ranger. He came down this way. From the other end of the table, from the head of the table, Lord Fitch calls out, says, I hear some talk of the rangers down there. Stop bending the man's ear, our greaves. Now, he stands, pushes his chair back, it scrapes along the floor. Meanwhile, Randy's just been um, reenacting the battle <laughs> against the crystal dogs. Oh, yes. Um, and yeah, each of the you know, about three or four people around the table have all been designated crystal <laughs> dogs. And Randy is embellishing the, the details somewhat. Um, <laughs> but he's also nominated um, one of them to be the, the purple prince. Um, and sort of stylized <laughs> them with napkins and, and, and finery from the table. And They're and all enthusiastically such. participating in this. And uh, Lord Fitz says, I need your attention, all of you. And then when there's a little, there's one of the, like a, a town, like one of them has brought their child, like he's a server or something. And he, he's been designated the purple banana and he's running around the room. <laughs> saying, I'm the purple banana. I'm a metaphor. And Randy's like, I still don't understand that. <laughs> Yeah, be careful, everyone. Sometimes Randy doesn't quite understand uh, when it's pretend. <laughs> um, uh, some of the participants in this in this performance maybe become a little bit more cautious, Randy, especially because I understand you're you're hefting your real axe. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, Randy's got his axe out, um, but he only intends to use the blunt end. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm sure that don't... fills everyone with comfort. Try not to incas- uh, incapacitate any children, all right? I'm not the one who used the fireball. <laughs> Lord Fitch reaches out and catches the purple banana by the scruff and he jumps up on the table. He's, he's strong enough to heft the purple banana and puts a hand across his mouth and says, I demand silence. It's my time to speak. And all of everyone except for Randy in front instantly hears the tone and they still and they look randy sort of has a beat and then and then realizes that he's no longer the center of attention (laughs) turns around and looks looks towards the new center of attention and front similarly just looks towards him i'm here to welcome these travelers from far we don't get so many travelers down this way especially not so distinguished and full of tales of adventure and courage and well beating up Griffins and fruits and all sorts of things. That's exactly the kind of skill that we'll be relying upon for you to follow through on the unfinished promise of the Rangers of the Raven. 
to kill the dread dragon. Why do you want to kill it? It flies across our skies. It's great bat wings filling the shape of the sun, casting enormous shadows upon us. And we run and we hide as it passes overhead. And it demands great tribute. Every high summer, we send a wagon of our of our best off to the ruins. Best people? You send your, your villagers to the dragon? Oh, no, no. Like, you know, wheat and... No. That sort of thing. Oh. So just... Just Dragon's a king, a king baker, I guess. We do usually send some of our finest breads that are prepared by old Rella as a dab hand with the uh, with the baking. She's got a good stone oven, don't you, Rella? And Rella nods enthusiastically. I'm getting quite good at the sourdoughs. Someone taught me all about this beige slime thing. It's amazing. Right? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad to hear. That's that's uh, that's that's catching on. That's great. Um, the the um, what sort of just out of interest what sort of dragon is it it's a great beast with great bat wings and it flies through the sky what what color is it well it's it's the color of the color of shadow passing overhead silhouetted by the sun that's how it's been since i was a lad since the last time that ranger came down here representing the the ravens he said that he was going to deal to it. He, he, marched off. he marched off to Titan Hill and he was never seen again. Oh, so do you, do you think he did he kill the dragon though? No, no. We heard from travellers up road that he'd turned tail and fled. He'd headed back north. And no other ranger ever came back to finish his work. Oh. Maybe, maybe no. Yeah, my friend Run Run is a ranger. Do you, do you, what's what was his name? He might we might know him. Well, I can tell you his name because we spit on it all, don't we? We spit on the name of Grothhild here, Blah! and he spits, and then all around the table, everyone except for Hargreaves, the priest, they spit. That name will never be welcome in these halls. Oh, that's an interesting coincidence, isn't it? Because uh, my friend Fran's name Randy. is also Randy. is also Grothhild. Randy. What, uh, your name? I'm just telling them your name. We obviously haven't it's, introduced ourselves properly. It's a common name. Randy's very common name, but Grothild, that's, I'm, you're the only person I've met that's called Grothild. Mm. Lord Fitch walks around the table to stand beside Randy and look across at Fran and his eyes narrow. You're a Grothild as well. And he spits again. I am. I'm not. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a the dwarf. The hill dwarf. Did the rangers of the raven send you down here to mock us? The rangers of the raven specifically told me I shouldn't come. And my father, I believe, after coming down here, was uh, never seen again. So maybe maybe I should be spitting on your name. What did you do with him? Where is he? Oh, yes. Where's, where is his father? Where is, just, where just is kidding. We Mr. Did, we, did, we did see him more recently, but it was under mysterious circumstances much later. Um, I should... Where? Point, point that out. That's that's the oh yeah have, having a having a, having a little bit of a go, but yeah. Your your father's not not a dragon, secretly a dragon, is he? Honestly, like not as far as I know, but um, you'd know, right? That's something you'd I, know. I would. I, I let's let, let's put it this way: I have not seen 
apart from recently mysterious circumstances, I had not seen my father for a very, very long time. I don't know what he's been up to. It's like raised mostly by mum. Uh, I take after her. So if we saw your father and the dragon at the same place, we would know they were at the same time that we would know they're definitely not the same person. Look, probably. Well, I've got one question for you then, son of Grothhild. Have you come down here to make right what your father failed to do? Or have you come down here to make things worse for us as your father did? It's not generally my aim to make things worse, to be honest. Um, And yet somehow we do sometimes. Sometimes it's better. To a certain extent, it falls on on Randy a little bit. Um, And I didn't come down here specifically. (laughs) It it does, yes. With the aim of of making things right. But certainly, um, it, it seems like that might be a way to try and find out what exactly in the hell went on. So we'll... I can certainly say that we're going to do, we're going to have a look. We'll give it a nudge. Um, right. We will kill this dragon. We I will give it look, a nudge. I can't promise I'm going dragon. to be going to be completely honest. We didn't necessarily come here with, 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 with that in mind. Everything you was very say mysterious. no more. Enough talk. So many words, but the heart of it is true. Although your brave dwarf companion, he seems to know what's right. You, like the rangers of the raven, have always been unwilling to commit no heart to yourselves no no courage of your convictions you're look like I the said stream we'd have a look, running right? downhill i i pulled out of aside. my hall get out of my hall Randy be gone from me. here and do not return unless you've got a dragon's head a, d- you a, as dragon, well, a dragon's head you want me to turn into a dragon no just just a head i think yeah I, dra- I think he means dragon. i think he means like cutting off the head and carrying it that's probably oh, what he means isn't so it? don't you think rogs yeah probably so, so you wouldn't be a half orc half human you might be a half dragon half orc half human oh that's more than th- that's more than two halves sort of that'll be yes. like quarters or something i said to get out of my hall and i mean it now fitch okay. points at the door Randy's just grabbing drumsticks and, and other sort of like he's got a he's got a pumpkin shoved down his, his top and, and he's just carrying like pitchers of ale down his trousers. Like there's leaking everywhere, but he's just doing All right. Again. So Titan Hill, you reckon? Titan Hill was where your father went. Okay. I guess Front. we'll go have a look then. I understand that you are scared. I will kill this dragon for you if you would like to stay here and, and cower. The dragon ain't on Titan Hill no more. The ruins of the old castle, that's where it's been making its home past these many years. It was at Titan Hill, though. It used to visit there, used to nest there or something. I don't understand. That's why your father went there for some reason. He seemed to know what was best. All right. Cool. Thanks for the tip. See you later. Thanks for thanks for dinner, I guess. Um, yeah. Bye. Goodbye, <laughs> new friends. Um, the... Other people like Rogs and Rella who've been enjoying your company so much, uh, Randy, they kind of pat you on the shoulder and, and Rella gives you a little kiss on the cheek and um, wishes you well, but they do it very quietly because Lord Fitch is watching with, with his heavy eyebrows deep over his eyes. Um, fewer people are offering goodwill to Fran, partly because Fran's not so outgoing, and also because Fran carries that name, that name that they've all been spitting upon. As you leave the hall, you step outside into 
into a very cold, still night. It's a big contrast from the warmth of the hall. What, what a lovely evening that was. Yeah, sounds great. Lovely people then. So, Fran Grothild, what do um, what do what do you want to do now? Well, I mean, it's pretty dark, but you're I, right. It's a great time to surprise a dragon. Let's go. I've got a feeling that maybe we should go to Titan Hill first. Let's see what, if anything, is there before we just approach the dragon. Titan Hill. Yes, maybe your father is still there. Let's go there. Is we saw him, remember? So, in between, was that was that before or after he vanished trying to kill a dragon? I'm I'm assuming we saw him after, but you know who knows? Maybe maybe we were in some sort of weird temporal rip situation. That is how that works. Yes. Yeah, could have. It's entirely possible. Did, did anyone say which way Titan Hill? Randy just starts walking in a way that he assumes <laughs> is Titan Hill. There's no hill. It's just a plane. <laughs> As as Randy starts walking in front, you're trying to evaluate which which path to take. There is um, a sudden flurry of movement as a figure runs to catch up with you from the keep, and you see the bald figure of Hargreaves the priest acolyte, Grothhild, Fran Grothhild. Yep. Hello. Your father, when he passed through here, some long time ago. He left something in my care. He never returned to collect it. You might be the person to receive it, if you want it. Okay, sure, yeah. Please be a puppy, 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 please be a puppy. Come on, a puppy would be really awesome. like, quite old by now. Like, <laughs> Please be a peaceful old hound. Uh, much, much less cute. <laughs> you follow him to the shrine, uh, which is... On uh, kind of in the centre of the of the community, um, a lovely temple of light, and uh, he leads you um, leads you to the door, and he says, "Come in, please." His manner is quite different to before when he was deliberately needling at you, Fran, mm-hmm. and trying to get some kind of reaction. And now he's well, he's not. He doesn't seem to be doing that anymore. You're not sure exactly what he's doing. Um, but he does um, open the door wide and invites you in. Do you do you cross the threshold of this temple? Is it the same kind of temple to which you have um, had your encounters with godliness, or is this a different tradition entirely? Yeah, uh, it's 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 certainly fairly closely related. There's a, a trio of of gods and goddesses or beings of you know supposedly uh, closely associated, <laughs> if you believe that sort of thing. So, do you cross the threshold? It's been a long time since I've been in any sort of temple, but I guess I'm not going to burn up. <laughs> and that is what we call an offer in improv speak. So <laughs> <laughs> no, you do not. You do not burn up, except perhaps in your in your heart and your emotions, Randy. Uh, wait, wait. Is burning up like without a possibility? Um, uh, and he sort of takes a running jump through the door <laughs> <laughs> and then drops and rolls on the other side. Yeah. It's a temple of light, Randy. Only if you're, Put, you know, you're evil, like the sort of person that would, you know, needlessly, um, you know, murder a kitten or something <laughs> like that. Well, I, I should be okay or then. Infinite kittens. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, seeing 
Fran standing inside this temple, it occurs to you that one of the things that Fran used to do fairly regularly, particularly in times of, of stress and difficulty, was have these kind of odd one-sided conversations. And he hasn't had one of those one-sided conversations for quite a long time now. Quite a long time now. I don't know what, if anything, Randy makes of that, but it certainly does come to mind as you stand here. I think Randy sort of just observes it and then I'm not sure. I think he just sort of sees it as interesting and then gets distracted by some of the cool paintings of like different kinds of weapons and different kinds of religious things. And, and he sees, runs over to one with, with a mural of, of, of cats and just starts staring at that. Hargreaves returns and he's carrying a, um, a leather satchel. And he um, approaches you, Fran, and he hands it to you with no great ceremony. It's old. There's, there's dust lying atop it. Um, it looks to you like it hasn't been disturbed in a very long time. I was a much younger man when this was left in our care. And Maybe it's essential of endless puppies. Oh, oh, and our kittens and puppies could be friends. Wouldn't that be cute? That'd be so cool. Fran Grothild, I remember well and think well of your father. I don't agree with the harsh opinions that are put upon him by others. He seemed to be a man of purpose, but he's also not a man who spoke much, if at all, of his thoughts and feelings and goals. I do not remember him talking much to me at all. Uh, it makes it makes two of us. Um, <laughs> well, have you opened it? No, I I prayed to um, the gods of light, of course, to ensure that there was nothing uh, dangerous within or um, something that would go off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nothing of the sort, and so I left it as I had promised. So it's, it's probably not ham. Okay. It's one of your beige slimes. <laughs> well, then it will be just reaching perfection about now i imagine uh let's or should we have a look i'm sure i'm sure you're curious as well hargreaves so i am i am and And he's got a stack of books and he's just standing on them just so i can (laughs) you can see into the uh wonderful so you open the satchel and i i wonder if i can throw to you to to say what you see in the satchel at least what the outward appearance of it is that's um I mean, you're standing on a stack of books, Randy, and inside it is is a book. It's quite a quite a quite a hefty tome. Pull it out, and it's non nondescript. But inside is like countless uh, handwritten pages. It looks like, from, from flicking through the first few. It looks like it's a, a journal. Now you have already seen some of your father's handwriting in the uh, quiver that you carry with you, which has these kind of shorthand style entries um, relating certain events that, that he wished to record. Um, and I imagine that you've studied those pretty carefully and, and there's no particular clues in there to your current situation, but you've got a, a sense of how he, um, how he recorded information and wrote the details of his travels and his life at that stage anyway. Is this your father's handwriting or is it something else? Well, it isn't to start with. There's, there's several hands, and it looks like 
maybe several hands over several years or even a, a long period of time as, this, as if this is an ongoing record. But certainly the latest entries are his. What does it say? What does it say, Fred? Does it mention me? Am I in this book? That'd be so we, cool. We might have to decipher it, to be honest. It looks like it's written in... I'm not sure if it's if it's a if it's a code or if it's just a language that I can't read. But can I see? Yeah. Hmm. And he looks through it and sort of furrows his brow and has a gives a couple of nods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh. Oh. Yes. Yes. And he looks up at front. I can't read it either. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's not. All I can say for sure is that it's not common, it's not elvish, and it's not not orcish. Probably not, probably not dwarf dwarfish as well, because uh, they write using I, the dwarven alphabet. So it's not it's not dwarfish. I could have I probably could have read that. As yeah. you flick through the pages, some of them um, not not the ones written in your father's hand, but some of the earlier ones include sketches and diagrams. And among the sketches that you uh, flip through one of them catches your eye suddenly and you you are are moving too quickly. You need to rifle the pages back to confirm that you did in fact see what you saw. Sketched on the page is the woman, the copper woman, Imogen, that you saw in a vision that uh, night when you first heard about coming to the Southern Moor. Right. I guess she's older than she looks then from the looks of this anyway. Who's that, Fran? You know the compost woman? Oh, is that her? Yeah, that's what she looks like. See, someone else saw her. I think you and I have different ideas of compost. Well, next to that, you know, you know, it wasn't just fumes, is what I'm saying. Hargreaves looks at the illustration and his eyes go big. He says, you see those markings on her shoulder? Yeah. Those are the signs of the devils. The seven devils. She is a follower of the seven devils. This must be the enemy that your father and all of his others were seeking to destroy. All of the... Mm, okay. The seven, the seven devils? Yes. Have you never heard the legend of the seven devils? I mean, I know of the, the six goblin kings, and I know of the, uh, the, 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 four, the four horse riders of, of Nan Kapoor, and I know of the... Um, there's the one about the two unicorns going into a bar. There's one about... Uh, the, we once fought a demon with over a bucket fountain. That was that was a thing. Um, I don't know about devils. Seven of them, not specifically. The seven devils are the great alliance of the below. They ruled this world once, and they aim to rule it again. Put us all in chains, every living and breathing mortal. We will all serve them if they have their way. If this oh, no. creature. This creature of horror, if she was able to destroy your father. Well, um, probably would have been better off not, not following her down here then, I guess. <laughs> Should we yeah. run away, Fran, like your father uh, did? Yeah, look, I, I, th- I think, we, I think it's, it's still worth having. We, we came all this way. What's the danger of a little, of, 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 of a little bit of eternal damnation? I mean, better, better the threat of eternal damnation than, you know, a long journey wasted. 
Randy hits him on the back and says, ha, 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 that's my friend. Yes, indeed. To the dragon. The ruins, the old castle. Follow the river to the south, and you will see the ruins soon enough. Okay. What, 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 what is on Titan Hill? You know, Titan Hill is it is a wild place. You'll see it on the way following the the southern route. You will be able to see okay. it in the distance. It's very distinctive. Titan Hill. Well, it was formed when one of the great titans of old curled up into a deep sleep, and still he sleeps. But now his his body is covered with rocks and trees and wild beasts of all kinds. Titan Hill is, of course, where um, Tild was planning on taking the owl bear. Right. Okay. Well, uh, maybe we can we can head there on the way. Well, uh, thank you, Hargreaves, for this. Um, it'll be. Hopefully, we come across someone who'll help us make sense of it. But for now, um, I, mean, I guess the the interesting and the good thing about this the, the satchel it seems like the like the book is quite a heavy thing. But when you put it inside the satchel, it suddenly even heavier. <laughs> no, like no. It is, it is, here, Randy, you hold it. Look. Oh, just like it is like holding just a satchel and a lighter book. Exactly like that. Would you uh, like me to carry this for you? Are you uh, finding it hard work, Fran? Let me carry this for you. Okay, just don't don't lose it. May I give you a blessing before you leave? If it makes you feel better. Sure. You do not believe in the gods. That is clear, Fran Grothhild. They believe in you, and I bless you in their name. There is a sprinkle of light, divine magic. Go well. Thanks, Hargreaves. I give him a give him a, a pat on the shoulder, like a sort of double tap, you know. And uh, we head out. Yeah. Randy gives him a bear hug. <laughs> he really doesn't want that. He tries to get out of it. <laughs> Just makes me hu- makes him hug harder. <laughs> we have to teach you some of the religious laws about personal space. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you head out, and are you are you planning to travel south in the night? Yes. Okay. So through the night. You um, you go. You follow the river path. It's an it's an old um, it's an old road, but the way is pretty clear because you follow down this this um, river. You're leaving kind of any cultivated land around. You're in the real moor territory now. It's just very wild land. It's very rocky and stony. Not much could grow down here. The uh, night is dark. You're a hardy adventurers. You can walk plain through the night if you so choose. And um, as the dawn rises, you've been walking using your night vision and the and the moonlight. It's been been pretty good going, but still, it's pleasant to see the sun casting um, some colour across the landscape, the purple of the heather across the moors. And then, with that rising sun, you see picked out on the um, horizon to the east of you, and you see the large irregular shape of a great hill, a hill with very steep edges and it stands quite apart from all of the other um, lands, the rise and fall of the land here and here and there. Um, you estimate you could walk to it in three, four hours. Um, further to the south, you presume, is where this castle is to be found. 
I hear you like hills, Randy. <laughs> we go and check one out. Yes, I love a hill. Good. Well, I'm, I'll be relying on you to tell me if there's anything odd about it. Anything odd about a hill? Yeah. Got it. Yep. Let's go. We, we make out towards the hill. <laughs> that cool. marching. Nice. Um, great. So you do start walking towards the hill. And um, the, the journey is... It's difficult. It's a very difficult land. There's lots of um, sharp drops and crevasses. Uh, I think what I'm going to ask for is a survival check to indicate how well your progress is going to go. 13 for me, for Andy. Uh, 21. 21. Well, you've you've certainly learned some things from your uh, many months working with those rangers, Fran. Um, you can easily pick good pathways. You spot some of the some of the drops before you get near them. Any of the difficult spots, uh, you even manage to fetch up some some, uh, some tasty um, mosses that will be good to flavor flavor your soup tonight. And as you get close to the hill, the size and the scale of it does stand out to you, and you can see the shape the shape of this humanoid figure. It might be a trick of a light. It might be just an accident of geology, but it does for all the world look like a person curled up their head down between their arms, sleeping perhaps. And as you approach closer, you can hear calls of strange beasts and this wild, wild environment is, um, just beginning to engulf you there are trees now it's quite a break from the bracken that you've been moving through taller trees then you hear the noise of something approaching through the trees something large something deliberate moving in your direction it's getting closer it's getting closer randy pulls out uh his longbow front does the same silently motion to randy to to, to hold we sort of kneel down behind as much cover as we can get cool all right friend yeah coming through the wilderness towards you is the shape of a great hog a great wild boar and its enormous tusks are ragged and tangled with foliage and sitting atop the back of this wild boar is a strange kind of um, sylvan creature, like an, an elf, only smaller than an elf. And it is sitting with its knees up high. It's kind of balanced, perched on the arc, on the arc of the boar's back. And as it sees you, its mouth extends into a smile that almost goes beyond the bounds of its face. And then it draws its bow and its arrow, and it laughs, and it says... Whoever strikes the other's heart first wins. And it begins to knock its arrow. And I think that's probably a good point for us to end this particular adventure of Randy and Fran. And we'll does find it, out does what that happens mean we next. died? Did we, no. just, did we just die? <laughs> no, no, that's the arrow has not yet been ends. loosed. <laughs> and that's the last we saw of Fran. It could be, it could be a Randy. Sopranos ending. We just, we just <laughs> never refer back to this. And these characters are just forgotten forever. <laughs> Um, yeah, front, front <laughs> wake, wakes up in the shower. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
wonderful. All right, so that's us for another week. And this is uh, Morgan Davies saying goodbye. And with me have been Stephen Youngblood. Bye. <laughs> and Jared Baker. See you later. All right. Um, goodbye, everyone. I love our ending. This has been Diceratops Presents Born to Frun Part 4. Thanks for listening and thank you for dropping us emails and comments on the socials. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at DiceratopsNZ. Sign up for our email newsletter at Diceratops.nz. I am Morgan Davey. We are Diceratops. We love games and our shows and this podcast are for everyone.